Thank you for being here with us this morning in our last worship service of 2019. Wow, that's amazing. The year has flown by. You know, I've never heard anybody say, boy, this year just crawled by. <laughs> it does. It just seems like they just go by so quickly. 2019 is almost over. 2020 is right here upon us. An interesting thing, you know, you may wonder, well, why is this 2020? Why isn't it 2040 or 2019 again? Or why, why do we do this? Well, the calendar that we currently use was adopted way back in 1582, which I've always wondered, how did they know what year it was if they just adopted the calendar that year? But that's what it was. 1582. Uh, it was adopted because they were trying to fix a problem with the calendar that most of the world was using at the time. It was a calendar that had been adopted during the time of Julius Caesar back in 46 B.C. Apparently some of the Romans that figured this all out, they miscalculated how long the year was by 11 minutes. Now that didn't make any difference for Caesar and his friends, but, but as the years got got by longer and, and, and longer, the calendar began to get out of sync with the seasons of the year, and, and nobody wanted to be unpacking their swimsuits in February. So back in 1582, most of the world decided, okay, we're going to fix this. We're going to readopt a calendar that actually uh, works correctly and stays on time. And so everybody adopted this brand new calendar, the one that we use today, except for jolly old England, they decided, we don't want to do that. We've used this calendar all this year. We just bought a whole new package of them from Staples. So we're not adopting the new calendar. We're going to stay with the old calendar. And they did not adopt the calendar that we currently use until 200 years later in 1752, when Parliament officially passed a law and advanced the calendar from September the 2nd to September the 14th overnight. It was such a controversial decision that there were literally riots in downtown London. They'd bought a lot of calendars from Staples, too. They didn't want to change it, and so they were really upset. But over in the colonies, things were a lot more calm. Benjamin Franklin wrote, It is pleasant for an old man to be able to go to bed on September the 2nd and not have to get up until September the 14th. I like that. Really, the calendar is just kind of a man-made thing anyway. As an old dairy farmer once told me, we were talking about daylight savings time, and he said, well, it doesn't really matter to me. The cows get up the same time every day anyway. Still, when we start a new year, we know this is kind of an artificial way to just kind of mark the days that go by, but, but it still gives us an opportunity to, to pause and reflect upon the year that has gone by and, and to look forward to the new year and, and what is about to come. And we want to be ready for the new year. What are we going to do differently? What are some things that we wish we would have done in 2019 that we want to make sure that we get done in the new year? We, we want to get ready. Well, the book of Revelation has a very similar message. That it's time to get ready. The reason being because Jesus made a very specific promise. You mark it down. He is coming soon. I don't know about you, but I want to be ready for that. I 
like a surprise now and then, or actually, to be honest, I really don't like surprises all that much. You know, I, I'd really rather have a, a little time to prepare, but it's okay. Surprises are all right sometimes. But, you know, if, if company's coming for the holidays, if Uncle Fred and Aunt Sue are bringing the six kids and the 18 grandkids, we may need to run to Walmart and grab a few more loaves of bread if we're going to be ready for them. We, we want to be ready if that's going to come. Or if we, we, we get a few days off during the holidays, we We'd like to know about that, a little heads up so that we can prepare for whatever we're going to do with those, those days. Well, the Bible ends with a huge heads up so that we're not surprised by the most important event in all history. We're going to look this morning at Revelation chapter 22, verse 20, where we find something that Jesus said, and John writes it down so that we will know. Here's what he writes. Verse 20 says, He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. Last week, we celebrated the baby in the manger. We celebrated Christmas, the coming of Christ into our world. We talked about last Sunday that that celebration is really twofold. Because we know that Jesus did come and we know why he came. He came to give his life on the cross that we could have forgiveness and life everlasting in him. We know that Jesus taught about the kingdom of God. We know the miracles that he performed. We know that he made the blind to see. We know that he made the lame to walk. But we know the sacrifice that he made that we could be forgiven of our sin. And when he rose again, he defeated death. We know that he now lives with his father in heaven. That he's alive right now today and that he made this promise. In John chapter 14, verse 1, he says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back. And take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. (laughs) That promise that Jesus made to his disciples more than 2,000 years ago, he makes to us as well. And that's why John repeats this promise in Revelation 22 where he says in verse 20, He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. The one who testifies. The message of uh, of Revelation and, quite frankly, the message of all the Scripture. Uh, This is not just a book that some folks wrote down thinking, well, what are some nice things that I could say that would sell well? (laughs) What are some things that would be cool to put on a Christmas card? What are some nice little quotations that I could, could maybe share with a few friends? No. The Bible is God's Word. It is what Jesus wants you to know. And the whole 
Bible, from Genesis 1-1 all the way to the end of the book of Revelation, it all points to Jesus. All of it. And now the one who has given this word to us in its entirety, all of the words that he has spoken, the one who has given us these prophecies, these promises, these commandments, that same Jesus, he makes this statement, I am coming soon. Now that statement, we we saw a little bit of this last week as we looked at the first part of this passage. We saw how this is actually given in answer to a prayer and a promise that's given back up in verse 17 in Revelation 22, 17. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let him who says, uh, hears, say, Come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come, and whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. We looked at that verse last week and saw how we are all invited to find life. In this same Jesus. And now, in verse 20, Jesus answers that prayer with this bold statement. Yes, I am coming soon. Jesus promises to return soon, to return quickly. Literally, the word means to return without Delay. Now, from our perspective, sometimes we may perceive the time between he ascended and the time when he will return. We may perceive that as a delay, but it's not. It's just the patient mercy of Christ allowing all who will to come to him. You see, the ultimate answer to our problems, it doesn't lie in our ability, but it lies in this promise from the one whose sovereign power controls all of history and all that is to come, that he is coming soon. So how do we respond to a promise like that? How do we get ready? Well, first and foremost, every individual has to make a choice whether they're going to be ready or not. If you decide that you're going to a football game, you you were so gracious a couple of weeks ago and you let Marsha and I take a couple of days so we could go see Baylor play Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship. Now, they lost, I know, but it was still a great time. We had a great time to to go see them and and, and watch that game and, and do all the stuff we used to do when we were in college. We just act like kids. But anyway, that was a lot of fun. Well, if you're going to a football game, you can't just kind of show up. you got to make some plans. We, we, ha- we, we had to, to, to have some tickets ready for us. We had some folks that were so gracious and actually gave us some tickets for, to the game. That was just an amazing thing. But, but yeah, we, we didn't think we'd just walk up to AT&T Stadium and just say, hey, we're here, where's our seat? <laughs> no, you, you actually have to have tickets. Or they don't let you in the door. And we had to make some other preparations, too. We had to figure out, okay, how are we going to get there? What time are we going to need to leave? Where are we going to stay? You know, all that kind of stuff. We had to figure all those things out. We had to make some plans. You do that, too. And when you have uh, something that you're planning, 
a lot of you made plans this week. Either you planned and came here to visit family, or you maybe went to be with family on the, on the Christmas holiday, and you had to make some plans. And I'm guessing you probably didn't just show up on the doorstep saying, where's my presents? No, you, you probably called ahead and said, hey, we're coming on Tuesday night. We'll be there, oh, I don't know, 7 o'clock or so. And, you know, you made some plans, and, and you, you made a choice, a decision to be ready. If you're going to be ready for the return of Christ, you've got to make a choice. Now, the good news is, your ticket's are already paid for. Your reservation's already been made. Everything's paid in full. But you have to make a choice to receive it. When we recognize that what we have in this world is really nothing, even the very best that this world has to offer, it's just temporary. It's like the smoke on a fire. It appears and then it's gone. When you recognize we've, we've all made such a mess of our life, we've all sinned, we've all done things we know were wrong, and we, we, when we did them, we knew they were wrong. We knew God didn't want us to do that. We did it anyway. We, we, we see that. Then when we turn to Christ and say, Lord, there's nothing I can do to fix all of this. There's nothing I can do to make it go away. I've messed it up. Jesus, in his mercy and grace, says, come on in. Now, whenever you showed up for Christmas dinner, and they opened the door, and you smelled the dinner rolls cooking, You still had to walk in the door. Grandma wasn't going to just bring it to you on the porch. <laughs> you had to go in. And, and you know, Jesus opens the door. He says, come on in. I paid the price for you in full. Your reservation's made. You still got to walk through the door. And that's how we get ready. We make that decision to say, okay, Lord, I can't save myself. So I completely and totally and solely depend on your mercy and grace, on what you did for me on the cross. Because I can't pay that price. I don't have what it takes. And so I receive what you've already done for me. And here's the great thing. One of my favorite parables that Jesus told about the prodigal son. You know, he's, he's wondering about his dad going to let me back in the house. Maybe I can just be a servant. Maybe I can just stay out back. Uh, but, but that's better than what or where I was. And then he looks up and he sees his dad running down the road. And he's going, uh-oh, <laughs> I'm in big trouble now. But instead of trouble, his dad wraps him in his arm. Puts a brand new cloak on his back. Says, go kill the fatted calf. We're having a party. My son's come home. That's what God does for you. When you turn in faith to Jesus Christ. That's how we get ready. Because we don't know the day. We don't know the hour. But one day, Jesus is going to crack the sky. You're going to be back. 
And we want to be ready. As this new year begins, let it be a reminder to all of us to be ready. If if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today's the day to get that taken care of. To just say, yes, Lord, I need you. If you already know the Lord, then you also know his promise. Because he said this to you, too. He said, yes, I am coming soon. And our response, come, Lord Jesus. Be watchful. Be serving. Hey, whenever Jesus comes, more than anything, I want him to find me serving him. So join in the prayer of the ages. Cry out, come, Lord Jesus. Throughout this past year, I've challenged you each Sunday to find your one. We started out talking about what's your one. We talked about some ways that you can take a step forward in in your walk with the Lord. And then we had an emphasis there in the middle about who's your one. And so many of you were uh, chose someone you prayed for, shared with, invited to church. And I heard so many wonderful stories from you about uh, ways that God used that. Uh, That individual may not have come to faith, but you saw some doors open. Maybe you saw the ice melt a little bit. Uh, Maybe some things happened that that you weren't expecting. That's just been a a wonderful, wonderful thing. And we don't want to stop that. We've got Something new coming up in 2020. I'm going to be sharing with you about that next week. So we'll be talking about that. But if you're wondering, well, you know, I didn't quite get that done, or I want to do that again. I really enjoyed that. You can go on our website, nationalheights.org, and just you can search in the little search box for what's your one, or there's a menu where you can get to it as well. There are 52 ways that you can take another step forward in your life. One for every week, the ones that we've, we've given each, every week. So you can remind yourself, maybe you'll try a new one next year. That would, that would be fine. We've got something new coming for you next year too. But as we prepare for 2020, I want to ask you the same question I asked when we started out 52 weeks ago. What's your one? What's your one? What's that one way next year? You're going to take another step in your walk with the Lord because we all want to be ready. Heavenly Father, thank you this morning that we could gather together and sing some praises to you. Thank you for these folks who so generously have have given of their time and their efforts to lead us in song and to remind us of what these songs are all about. Lord, thank you for your word. Extraordinary commands there, promises. And Lord, this amazing statement that one day you're going to come back. Lord, we look forward to that day. And we want to be ready. And so this morning we pray, if there's someone here that's never received Christ, that you'll, you'll help them take that, that step of faith and say, you know what, I need to be ready. And come to faith in you right here, right now, today. For the rest of us, Lord, that already know you, help us to always be preparing, always be watching, to let it be a prayer in our heart. Come, Lord Jesus. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.